We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Luke chapter 19. One of my favorite Sunday school stories. Luke chapter 19. Y'all hungry yet? Y'all know what I mean in a few minutes. Some of you came here hungry because you didn't eat breakfast. Some of you came here hungry because you didn't eat something else. Luke chapter 19, let's look. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press because he was littler, little of stature. He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him, and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, hurry up. Zacchaeus, make haste. Hurry up. Get down from that tree, for today I must abide at thy house. And he, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, mm, they, boy, you got they, by the way, they is the biggest liar in the world. They is the biggest judge in the world. You got to watch out for they. When they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. God forbid. How in the world could a person standing before God, maybe they didn't recognize who Jesus was, but standing before the Almighty thinking, He's a sinner and I'm not. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Now the crowd's starting to smile a little bit. That same crowd that said, uh, he's going to eat with a sinner. When he heard, oh, Zacchaeus, who was rich, chief, was giving half his goods to the poor, the crowd's smile, well, that'd be me. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I'll restore it for him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's one of my favorite verses. For the Son of Man has come to save, to seek and to save. that which, He came and sought, and He saved that which was lost. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't find time to pray? Maybe you said it yourself, but I'm just going to let you off on that one. Have you, have you ever heard something? I just can't find the, can't make the, can't find the time to pray. I, I can't find the time to do a daily devotion. I just, I don't have the time. I can't find time to worship and praise like I need to. Well, actually, they're, they're saying that wrong. They're, they're pronouncing it wrong. It's not a time problem. It's a hunger problem. It's a hunger problem. When you're hungry, when you're really hungry, let's talk physically first. When you're really hungry, you got up that morning and you didn't eat breakfast because you were late for work. And so you got late for work, and so the boss said, listen, you're going to have to work through lunch because you were late for work. By the time you get home, you're really hungry. And there's nothing worse than walking in and not smelling something. You, man, you're so Have you ever been so hungry, really hungry, but you didn't find time to eat. See, when your stomach's growling, your stomach is saying it's choice time. You got to make a choice here. That's what your stomach's telling you. Hungry people don't wait for cooked food to sneak up on them. They seek it out. When you're hungry, you'll seek it. Listen, if you walk in, you've been through that kind of a day, and nothing's on the stove, you just plop down on the couch and start crying. No. I know all of you. I think I've eaten with just about everybody here. No, I know what you do. You do what I do. Pantry time. Pantry time. And I don't care if it's chocolate kisses. Mm. Y'all know what? Oh, I just spilled the beans on me. Because I, I opened that. Mm. And I still have some of that Hershey's Quick that you put in chocolate for milk. I'm going to find something because I'm hungry. I'm going to feel that need, that rumbling, that grumbling. See, when you're really hungry, 
When I'm really hungry, we adjust our lives for a meal. You ever notice that? We will adjust our entire schedule for a meal when we're hungry. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those that hunger. Man, if I hungered for God, sometimes like I hunger for food, you couldn't stop me. You couldn't stop me. You see, He wants a deeper intimacy with you and me. He wants a hunger. God understands what hunger is about. Jesus fasted 40 days. God understands what hunger's about. He knows the impact that hunger has on a body. As well, He knows the impact that hunger has on a soul. God understands what hunger's about in our lives. Often we let ourselves feel satisfied when He wants us to feel hungrier. A lot of times we eat a meal. Have you heard that? Well, I'm in Texas. I've got to rephrase this. Because we eat here. I grew up here. So we don't sit down for, you know, when, when you sit down at the time, remember every Sunday, this is every Sunday, without a shadow of a doubt, every Sunday, after church, my brothers and I, when we all had cars, there were four of us, we were within four and a half years, we all had cars at the same time. We didn't ride together to church. <laughs> when the biddick showed up, there was five cars, mom and dad's and us four. But when, when, when that pastor, Pastor Belver, he, when he said amen, that last amen, man, those doors flew open and we didn't hang around. We were hungry. And when we, got, we raced home in those cars. When we got home, we got, you know, my mom, here was the funny thing. My mom and dad did this every week. They never beat us home. They were the last ones home. They were the last ones to get there. And I think it was a deal with my dad. Let's let them, let them, let them be hungry a little bit. And we had the same every fried chicken. Oh, my mom could fry some chicken. Now, there was four boys, so she had to fry two chickens. So there was a lot. Mashed potatoes. My dad made the best mashed potatoes. He taught me how to make them, and they're great. And we always had some kind of beans or peas, and there was always some kind of cornbread or every single Sunday. Y'all getting hungry yet? Yes, there was, Jesse. There was brown gravy. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't care for that. I guess that was, Bishop, is flour gravy white? Yeah, because brown gravy was what my mom always put. Bishop's a cook. That's why I'm asking him. That's what, that brown gravy was the best. Man, it, mm. Now I forgot where I was at. Don't we see over? And over and over in Scripture, that God will always fill those who hunger. Isn't it repetitive that if you're hungry, He's going to fill you? Listen, when an athlete wants to move to the next level, and he goes to his coach and said, Coach, I want to be better. I want to move to the less. Well, you know what the coach generally asks him? How hungry are you? How much do you want it? Are you hungry enough to give up? Are you hungry enough to go for it? Are you hungry enough to get away from all this? How hungry are you? One way a doctor determines the health of a person is by their appetite. You ever been to the doctor and how you, they ask you how you're eating? Do you ever wonder, what, what's, that's none of your business. Sorry, Darren, but it's none of your Yeah, it is that doctor's business. You know why? You understand why? Because the loss and the desire for food indicates there's something wrong. If you don't have a good appetite, if you're not hungry, it indicates something's wrong. If you go to the doctor and say, I, I, listen, I haven't eaten in three days, and the doctor says, well, that's great, you're fasting. No, I'm not fasting. I just, I'm just not hungry. The doctor immediately says, oh, that's a problem. Something's wrong. Y'all got quiet on me. I knew you would when I said that because you knew where I'm headed. Hunger is the prerequisite for spiritual passion. You've got to be hungry to have spiritual passion. If you're not hungry for God and His Word and for His people and to reach the lost, there's no spiritual passion. There are many stories in Scripture that show how hunger manifested itself 
to people. So let's just look at the one we just read. And let me start first in Luke 19. Let's, let's look first. Look at verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. What happened to Jericho? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Jesus, the mighty God in flesh, the healer, the restorer, the redeemer, the savior, passes through Jericho and passes out of Jericho. And what happened? Absolutely nothing. You know good and well in Jericho there were people that had needs. You knew good, there were sinners that lived in Jericho that needed a savior. You know there were sick and afflicted people in Jericho. But what happened? Nothing. Why? Jericho wasn't hungry. Nobody in the city of Jericho was hungry for the touch of God in their life. Jesus had been broadcasted about. People knew about, they'd heard about Jesus. They'd heard of miracles and they'd heard of the things he'd done. But the people of Jericho, they weren't hungry. Unlike blind Bartimaeus, who when he, Jesus passed through, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, and the crowd said, you're not clean, you're, you're, you're sickly, Get, hush. And what did blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, thou, he screamed out loud. He didn't care what anybody thought. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Unlike that, nobody in Jericho did that. Unlike the woman with the issue of blood, who when she saw that Jesus was passing through, broke her way through the crowd, this was her opportunity. All I need to do is touch the hem of his garment, and I know what's going to happen. Nobody liked that in Jericho. They weren't hungry. Unlike the man who brought his child. Listen, if you're not hungry for yourself, at least be hungry for your children. Be hungry for your children. Man brought his child to Jesus to be healed, but nobody brought their child in Jericho. Nobody was hungry. Listen, it wasn't because Jesus wasn't walking in anointing. It wasn't that when Jesus got to Jericho, his anointing left. And then when he walked back out of Jericho, his anointing came back. Jesus walked through Jericho anointed. The anointing was there. There are times when people come to church here and they say, I hope Pastor Don gets an anointing so we can have a great service. Mm. Don't come to church looking for somebody to be anointed. Get hungry. It's not about that anointing. That, it wasn't about Jesus' anointing. That was there. It was nobody was hungry. Come to church with a hunger and watch the anointing touch your life. Hallelujah. Come to church hungry. Jesus most certainly will fill you. He will fill you. Anybody that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, He will satisfy them. He won't just fill you up. It's all good and done. My dinner almost every night. Man, I'm, I'm unloading here today. When that, that last scoop of spoon of Dutch chocolate, Bluebell, I'm satisfied when I. Mm. Jesus will satisfy your hunger. You understand? Satisfy. You know what that means? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Mm. God shepherd me today. Sa satisfy me today. Zacchaeus was a man who held a very plush job. He was the chief of publicans. He was, you know, he was getting money from everybody else. He had a very easy job. However, he was the most despised man around. His job was easy, but he was despised greatly. He needed nothing from anybody. He had the well. He was rich, the scripture says. But his prosperity came at the expense of popularity. He took money over friendship. Not too many people every Sunday were asking Zacchaeus to go out to lunch with him. He didn't make too many dinners. There weren't too many people in that city that wanted him to come to eat at their house. Verse 3 says that he came looking for Jesus. Look at verse 3. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. He came looking for Jesus. That's the first part about being hungry. Boy, when Jude comes over, it's my grandson. 
when Jude comes over, I can tell if he's famished. <laughs> because he doesn't go anywhere but to the pantry. And goldfish go flying out and, and potato chips. And I'm getting griped out because Janice said, you're letting him eat all that junk. Let the boy eat. He's hungry. We'll get to, you know, and then when we cook those, cook those chicken nuggets, which we, I let him eat all that stuff. You done ruined his, she's not here today, so I can do all this. <laughs> she, you done ruined his supper. So we make 10 nuggets and he eats all of them. He's hungry. Recognizing the need to be hungry. That's the first part of being hungry. You know Jesus is in the house. So you're going to find out. You're going to seek Him out. You're not going to sit back. You're not going to spectate. You're going to be involved. And that's what Zacchaeus said. Zacchaeus. Remember that little song? Zacchaeus was a little man. Was he? Zacchaeus was the Tom Cruise of his day. Tom Cruise is five foot four or five foot two or whatever. Got the syndrome. But man, he wants to be in charge. Sorry, Tom, I know you're not listening to this. You're for a different group. But he was the Tom Cruise of his day. The problem was he was too short to see over everybody. And so what did he do? You know, he could have just said, well, if only I was taller, I could see him. I guess I'll just go on back to work. Yeah, he, he's a... Oh, if, if only I was in the front of the line, in front of everybody, I would have been able to see him. But he could have used that excuse, right? See, that, a lot of times we if only, don't we? If only. Zacchaeus didn't if only. That wasn't part of it. Uh-uh, I'm just not happening. He didn't let his circumstance. He didn't let his stature. He didn't even let other people get in his way of seeing Jesus. He ran ahead of the crowd. Now, understand this guy, because he, ha- he did have a place in society. Because everybody had to bow to him, so to speak, because of who he was. Otherwise, he'd just tax them more, take more of their money. I mean, he, he held that position. And so they see wee little Zacchaeus running down the... And he climbs up in a sycamore tree. He didn't let anything get in his way. He was hungry. We can say what we want about Zacchaeus, but something inside of him hungered to see Jesus. How many of us are hungry today? We don't care about who's around us. We don't care about our stature. We don't care about any of those things. We don't care. Nobody's getting in our way today. I'm hungry for some Jesus today. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus set aside his dignity. He set aside his dignity. I doubt they had ever seen that man run. He had the money to have somebody run for him. Everybody ran to him. But he set his dignity aside and he ran. He set his dignity aside and he showed everybody, I'm the shortest man in town because he climbed up in a tree. Here I am, everybody. I'm the shortest man in town, but i got to see Jesus. Maybe that's the issue in church in America today. We're not hungry. We're not hungry. You know, in a lot of church now, it's, it's, it's not eating the staple and eating the right meal, and then if you feel like having a dessert, you can have some bluebell. I'm talking scripture. Right now in churches in America, they're feeding all this bluebell and these chips. And, and when it comes time to eat the real stuff, I'm not hungry. We need to get hungry, church. Maybe it's because we're not willing to set aside our dignity. To set aside, have you ever in your lifetime ever danced before the Lord? I didn't say dance before the church. I didn't say dance before your wife and your husband. I didn't say dance before your brother and sister. I said, have you ever danced before the Lord? David gave it to him. David said, you know what? I'm going to dance before all of y'all, but this ain't about none of you. This is about him. Have you ever done that? You know, oh, my dignity. Oh, my dignity. You know, the brother so-and-so is going to think, you know what? So did David's wife. That's what she thought. Oh, she was barren the rest of her life. Now, just take that into spiritual. If you want to make some fun of somebody because they're dancing before the Lord or because they're losing their dignity before the Lord, you go ahead because you're going to be barren in God the rest of your life. 
You're going to be barren in God the rest of your life. You don't make fun of those who are giving their heart to God. But there's a little dignity involved. Listen, it would do the church good to lose a little dignity. Now, I'm not, I say some of y'all, y'all know where I came from. I didn't say roll around like, and I didn't say jump the pew like, if you want to do, that's fine. I, I, I want to object to that. If you're doing that for the Lord and not for me or anybody else, if you can run across, I saw a guy do this. He was a pastor's son. Run across every pew from the back of the church to the front when I first got into church. Now, this is when I first got into church. Pastor Don didn't come from that. I came from a different, you didn't run anywhere in church, period. Now, I'm not saying that spiritual or not. What I'm saying is this. You, don't, you let people worship God. And listen, if you feel you're losing dignity, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. When you can lose your person to His, you're on the right track. It's about being hungry. Maybe we're just not hungry enough. Maybe we should take measures to see Jesus no matter who's watching. When's the last time you climbed up in a sycamore tree? No, I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. When's the last time you ran in front of the crowd and found a tree where you could get up high enough where nobody could stop you from seeing Jesus? When's the last time we as a church ever just climbed the sycamore tree because I need to see Him? What made Zacchaeus different from the rest of the crowd that day? What made him different? Well, number one, we know he was hungry by his actions. Listen, after all, not only was Zacchaeus a sinner, everybody in that crowd was a sinner. What made him different than them? Apparently, something was going on inside of him that was deeper than the rest of the crowd. There was a hunger in him that was different than in them. He must have been hungry for some forgiveness. See, here's the thing about humanity. When we do something wrong, no matter how much church we have or haven't had, we know it. You see, built in us, built in humanity, is the understanding of right and wrong. It varies in cultures. It varies in different places of governments. It varies in different places. And it even varies in church. But we all understand when we do wrong. We know it's wrong. Zacchaeus knew something wasn't right in his life. I need Jesus. Something's wrong here in my life. You know, he must have been starving. His sin must have starved him to death. He gave up his dignity to just get a look at Jesus to see who he was. And Jesus, in all of that crowd, recognized him for it. Jesus didn't call anybody else out in that crowd. But he called out Zacchaeus. Of all the people in the crowd, Jesus calls him by name. You ever had Jesus call you by name in a service? If you haven't, I've I got to say this as pastor. If you haven't, shame on you. There should be services where you know Jesus is calling you by name. He's to, he's, many times we come to church and the pastor's preaching and it's for all of us. And it is. But God's speaking to you personally. You're not hearing the same thing the person next to you is hearing. You may be hearing the same words, but in your spirit, God is directing and talking to you about your life, not theirs. So, so many times in church, thank God he preached that today because so-and-so needed to hear that. Yeah, I know, I know his life. I know what he does outside of the church. The way to go, bishop, pastor. Way to go. Way to teach it and preach it. Yeah, because he needed that. That's what that guy said praying. God, thank you that I'm not like him. What kind of prayer is that? Thank you that I'm the, uh, I'm the top dog in this church. And the guy over there that was praying, Lord, I'm on the bottom of the rung. Just touch me. I, I, need, I just need you. He was hungry. The other guy wasn't. And Jesus asked the question, which one was forgiven? Boy, it's another quiet moment. The crowd may have been hungry to see what Jesus could do, but Zacchaeus was hungry for Jesus. Quite often, people come to church or they come to a place where there's a service, whatever it is, and they want to see what Jesus is going to do. 
because they want to know what he's going to do. They, they, they're not really interested in him. They want to see what he's going to do. That was a sideshow for Jesus and his ministry. You read it all through his ministry. People just showed up because they wanted to see the next miracle, the next happening. Look at verse 7, if you would. And when they saw it, saw what? Zacchaeus, come out of that tree. You and I are going to have dinner tonight. And when they saw it, they all murmured, he's going to be eaten with a sinner. You see, when Jesus said that to Zacchaeus, this didn't fit the theology of the crowd. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Righteous people don't eat with sinners. Can I say something to y'all? If you're righteous here today and you don't eat with sinners, you probably ought to go ahead and leave because there's a bunch of us here. There's a bunch of us here. Saved by the grace of God, but you know what? Pastor Don still has his issues. Pastor Don's still hungry for a need for God. Pastor Don needs a touch from God today. They grumbled about it. They all had something in common together, but had nothing in common with Zacchaeus. They all had something in common together, but none of them had anything in common with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was hungry. You see, they had become so enamored with the miracles that they lost sight of the mission. They had become so enamored. You see, these were taught people. They had, been, they had been to the scribes. They had been to those that would teach and those that were the masters and th- that there would be coming a Messiah who would do all of these things. They, they, they weren't oblivious to what was going on in Jesus' life. They just weren't sure who He was yet. Some of them say, this is Messiah. Some of them were like, this could be Messiah. Some of them said, there's no way. There was a variation of people in the crowd all the time about who Jesus was. There are those that knew that there was a mission to the Messiah, but because they were so enamored with miracle, the mission kind of went out of the way. What was Jesus' mission? My favorite verse in this little Bible story. Verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. In order for me to lose this piece of paper, I have to what? Not hide it. Not what. I, in order for me to lose it, I first have to have it. I have to hold it. It has to be mine. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. God's child lost. See, we miss that in Scripture. We, we don't like the fact that there are sinners not saved by grace that are our brothers and sisters. He's called the Father because He is the Father of all humanity. All humanity is your brother and your sister, no matter who it is. But much of humanity is lost. Your brothers and sisters are lost. They don't have that connection with God. And Jesus came to reconnect them. Get that relationship back. He wants that, and that's, he came to seek and to save, he came to find you. Jesus came to find you so that he could save you because you were lost. He came, I'm so glad. When, when When I study for these lessons, my past, you know, God's forgiven all that, but he gives us a memory for a reason. And my past begins to make this revolutionary picture of what this and that you did. And you were there and here and this happened. And you, this, it, your pastor's been shot before. Your pastor's been cut with a knife before. Your pastor's been beat up before. Your pastor has beat people up before. Your pastor has stolen. Your, oh, my. Don't, woo, some of you already get. I can see you getting up out of your chair. Sit down a second. Such were some of you. Ah, yeah, you're in company. Uh, yeah, ah. But now, uh, now I'm, wa- I'm washed. I don't know about you, that's your business with God. I know this. He washed me white as snow. We heard Bishop talk about it this morning. He washed the righteousness of God came upon me and washed that. That sin is so cleansed that God can't even see it. It's so cleansed that God can't even see it. Hmm. Jason, I remember when you walked in that back door with your family. 
I knew I knew you from somewhere. Now I know where it's from. I know where it's from. We're brothers just from different mothers. We have talks and we, we, we've had conversations and yeah. Such were some of I'm glad I'm looking at people that such were some of you, Scott. We've had conversations. Such were some of us. But now, everybody, I'm not trying to embarrass him, but I'm going to. Look at Scott. That's Scott right there, Scott Howard. Look at Scott. Look what God has done. Well, I don't know anything about his past. You don't have to. All you need to see is what he's done. And they're not a better drummer in church in America because he's doing it for Jesus Christ. Is Scott perfect? I'll let Scott answer that. Is Pastor Don perfect? I'll let Scott answer that. Thank you. There's a reality about being hungry. And it's called truth. When you're hungry, the truth makes you free. Mm -hmm. When you're hungry, the truth makes you free. Jesus majors on sinners. Y'all get that, right? Oh, I thought he majors on the church. Sorry. He majors on sinners. Aren't you glad? Because I'm looking at a bunch of them. Hang on a second. I just had to look at myself. Sinners saved by grace. Don't ever fool yourself. He majors on sinners. Since we're all sinners, what kind of sinner do you think Jesus actually cues in on? Oh, the hungry ones. You see, we're all sinners. But Jesus said, listen, you're going to go into cities and there's going to be hungry sinners there. You're going to reach them. You're going to touch them. You're going to go into cities and they're not going to, there's sinners there. They're not hungry. Kick the dirt off your feet and keep moving. That sounds cruel, doesn't it? It's not about what Jesus does or doesn't do. It's about how hungry you are. Jesus has already done what He's going to do. He's already fulfilled everything He's going to fulfill. He's already sent everything He's going to send. It's up to the hungry. See, the problem with a lot of us is that we're, you know, I, I'm okay. Yeah, after I'm not like Pastor Don, so I'm okay. I, at least I'm a notch above him. So, you know, so far as long as he's alive, I'm safe. There are people that actually look that way in church about one another. But I hope brother so-and-so keeps coming because then the pastor will be on him until he dies, but then I'm going to have to leave because then he'll be on me. People look at, they're too, they don't, too righteous. They, they don't need Jesus. You see, they're like the crowd. They're just there to see what he can do. I need him today. I need him today. I need him. I'm hungry for a touch from God today. I'm in my sycamore tree. I've climbed up in my sycamore tree today. I, I need a touch from God today. I need a touch on my life. I'm looking for Jesus. Listen, when, if, you've ever been, if you've ever seen a wreck or something happen like somebody pass out in a mall or something, the paramedics rush in. And you see them rush in. And So what do they do? What's the first thing they do? There's a bunch of bystanders going, nobody's helping. They're all gawking. Maybe it's because they don't know what to do. Maybe it's they don't care. could be anything. The first thing they do is move the crowd back. Get the crowd away from here because the paramedic's job is to do one thing and one thing alone. Assist and rescue the hurting. That's the paramedic's job. It's not to do anything for the people around him. Jesus has one goal in mind, to assist and rescue the hurting. The hurting is who? Those that... Are those that have a need and are hungry for a touch. That's who the hurting is. That's who the hurting is. They have a need and they're hungry. Don't you think in that crowd more than Zacchaeus had needs? Don't you think more than Zacchaeus were actually had a hurts in their life? They just weren't hungry. It's those that have needs and are hurting but are hungry. They want it fixed. I like it that Zacchaeus called Jesus Lord. Because if you look at this, he wanted to see who Jesus was. When he first encountered Jesus, he really didn't know who he was. 
He wanted to see who He was. Now He calls Him Lord. You see, when you encounter Jesus with hunger, things change. Things change. You will change. Pastor, I hadn't changed much since I became a Christian. Man, you've been eating Hershey Kisses and drinking chocolate milk. You've been eating all of the... There should be a hunger in our life every day for Him because He changes us. Do you, do you need something today from Him that only He can give? There are things that only God can give. Are you hungry for them? If you are, that's fantastic if you're hungry. You know why it's fantastic? It's because hunger is the prerequisite for spiritual passion. The amount of emptiness inside of you determines the amount of filling. I know this is rocket science. I'm going to throw this at you. When a glass is half full, then you only need to fill it up halfway to make it full, right? But when it's totally empty, the more emptiness inside, the more filling there needs to be. To make room for some things that God wants to do for you today, there's some old that you need to empty out. There's some old you need to empty out. I didn't say it was old sin or old bad stuff, just some old. Some of us are living on two weeks ago scriptures. Oh, well, that hurt some of you, didn't it? Understand something. God's Word's powerful. It's strong. It's food for every day. But when the Israelites were walking through the desert, they picked the food for the day. Because if they tried to stash it, hide it, hold it for tomorrow, turn to worms. Because it wasn't sufficient for tomorrow. A new word is sufficient for you today. What was sufficient and what you needed yesterday, Saturday, is not sufficient in what you need today. God has a new... So you need to empty that today and get some more today. Some more in today. Are you hungry? See, it's difficult for God to bring new things into your life when your life is crowded with old things. There are some things in our lives that we either secretly or not secretly hold on to. Some of it's secretly because we don't want anybody to know. Some of it's not secretly because, you know, we don't think it's that bad. And so we hold on to those things and the repetitive things in our life. And God wants to put new into your life. Can I throw something at you? Do you mind if I throw something at you? You can catch it. If you're still eating on, if you've been in church 10 years and you're still eating on what you got on the first year, you're eating worms. And it's not the Word of God that's the problem. It's that you're willing to eat worms. You're not hungry. You're not hungry. You should be eating new every single day. My wife will tell you, I'm not big on, I eat leftovers all my life. Four boys, my dad had to work three jobs. We didn't have a lot of money. We ate leftovers. You know, you know, do you all know what uh, potato patties are? We called those hamburgers. When we were going to have hamburgers, it was my mom would grind up. We didn't have one. Of, she had one of those things. What do you call it? You scrape across and it makes like a, they call them hash browns now, but greater. Thank you. <laughs> when mom was grating potatoes, we knew we were having hamburger that night. You know, we didn't complain one bit. We didn't complain one bit. A lot of times we look at God's Word as potatoes when it ought to be hamburger. Whether it's potatoes or not, it ought to be hamburger. We ought to, we ought to not complain a bit. We ought to love it. We ought to eat it. We ought to digest it. It's new. God's looking for some growling stomachs this morning. He's looking for somebody whose insides are rumbling. They're hungry. If we, I'm going to finish. Let me finish this. Not that you're holding me up. I'm holding me up. If you eat enough snacks, if you eat enough snacks, the snacks become a substitute for your legitimate hunger. They'll temporarily satisfy. You ever notice that? You can be really hungry and eat a little small chocolate candy bar and you'll feel like, because you're getting that sugar rush. Oh, yeah. Pure cane sugar loves you. 
you feel like, man, I can go another three or four hours. And you get out and you start mowing in about 15 minutes, you're like, I'm about to pass out. Because when you eat snacks and you substitute good stuff with bad stuff to fill your hunger, you never really satisfy the hunger. You postpone the inevitable. The problem is if you eat too many snacks, then you lose your hunger for the real stuff. Folks, there's a lot of, y'all. Know, uh, I'm not going to go through how I feel. Feelings can fool you. A lot of snacks going on TV right now. There's a lot of snacks going in pulpits right now. There's a lot of snacks going on at home right now. We like to snack on the, but when it comes to eating the right, the good stuff that gives us strength, and you know, we don't want to touch that. Jesus loves me. This I know. We'll teach our kids that. But we ever talk to them about the, the cruelty of the cross? Do we hear that over the pulpit? Let's just pick. Can I, I don't pick on y'all anymore. I'm sorry. Let me pick on me. Do we hear about the cross? Do we hear about the, the, the rapture of the church? Do we hear about the things that cause us to want to live godly? Do we hear about the things that gives us strength from the pulpit that we can live each? That's what we should be looking for. And if the pastor is feeding you chocolate ice cream every Sunday, shame on him for doing it. Shame on you for staying. Bishop didn't look at me, so I know he's really studying what I just said. Because we're not telling you to leave. What I'm telling you is, listen, if I'm feeding you chocolate ice cream all the time, you need to say, Pastor, I don't like chocolate ice cream all the time. You know that won't hurt my feelings? It won't hurt my feelings a bit? Because I want you to get the diet, the daily diet that God wants to give you. Because if you eat correctly, every day there'll be hunger in your life. It's when you eat incorrectly, you lose hunger. Your body, God built your body in such a way that when you eat correctly, it builds a hunger so that you know it's time to... Same thing spiritually. If you're eating correctly, there's a time when you know, hey, I'm living pretty good on what I... But, but you know what? The next day you're like, mm, I'm, I'm a little hungry. I need to eat some more. The right diet. The Lord doesn't want you content with spiritual fast food, spiritual drive-through food. He wants you to dine. His, there's no McDonald's at God's dining table. There's no Popeyes. Y'all know how I feel about Popeyes. Feelings will fool you. Love it. But there's no Popeyes at God's dining table. He didn't fry it up for me. He didn't oil it up for me. He didn't butter it up for me. He gives it to me as it is. He gives it to me as it is. And listen, while I'm on it, while I'm getting through, don't, don't put things in your mind that become spiritual suppressants. You know, you can, any of you, don't raise your hand. If you ever had to go on a diet where you had to take a, a, a suppressant that would suppress your appetite, raise your hand. But it's a pill you take and it makes you not hungry. There are things, if we're not careful, that we put in our mind that, that are spiritual suppressants. They make us not hungry. We need to be careful to guard our mind and make sure that what we're putting in our mind causes us to be hungry day after day. If you put those things in your mind, you know what's going to happen? Yes, we all do. You're not going to feel any need for any spiritual food. Don't raise your hands. I'm finishing. I'm sorry. I said that several times. But I really am. It says right here, finish. <laughs> so. Let me just finish. The, the hungrier you are for Him, the more intimate you're going to be with Him. You ever sit down at a table with somebody and you hear a... They were so hungry, they now have become intimate with that steak. The hungrier you are, the more intimate. The more intimate you are with Him, the more capacity you have to obtain from Him. And the more capacity that you have to obtain from Him, the more power and passion you experience in Him. 
I ask you to stand with me this morning. He's simply looking for the hungry. I'm quite sure I've talked enough this morning. There's a lot of you, your stomach's growling right now. You're hungry for some good old lunch food. That's good. I hope, I hope you're feeling that. I'm pulling a Wayne Biddick. That was my dad's name. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the last one to show up. Make, make, them, make them just be hungry. We, we should, there should be a spiritual hunger this morning that in your soul there's a rumble. There's a growl. I, I'm, I need something from God today. I'm so hungry for, for God. Some of us are going through things in our life and we don't understand. It's simply because we're not at the table. We're not hungry. If we just come up to the table, He's going to fill us. God guarantees you, if you come to Him hungry, He will fill you. He guarantees you that. If you come to the table hungry, He will fill you. Are you hungry this morning? Is there something in your life that you hunger for from God? I can remember thing after thing as I was preparing this message in my life that I've hungered for. And here's the beautiful thing. Thank God for this because it's not about Pastor Don. It's about God in my life. I'm still hungry. There's, there's some more God. I haven't even come close to the pinnacle. I haven't reached the top. I'm not, you know what? I've, I've just licked the edge of the peanut butter jar. I want to finish the whole jar. I want to get as much of this as I can get. I want the crunchy. I want the kind that, man, you put it on the bread and it tears the bread up. That's what I'm hungry for spiritually today, God. I want something from you. I'm going to open this altar this morning. There's something that you want from God that you're hungry for. Maybe you're hungry to be hungry. Maybe you haven't been hungry in a long time. Maybe you've been like me. I've been in church 40 years. 40 years. I can't beat Jesse and Bishop. And some of you, I can't beat Sharon, but some of you I can beat. But I've been in church 40 years. And sometimes when we're in something, we lose hunger. If you go to marriage counseling, you know what the first thing, they, especially when you're older, the first thing the counselor is going to ask you, where's the hunger in the relationship? There's, gotta be a, there's still got to be a hunger in the relationship to make it work. Now it changes. Every seven years, every seven years, your palate changes and your buds change and you like something a little different every seven years. You understand why they call it the seven-year itch? You've heard that? If you haven't, well, come to me later. In a marriage, there's a seven-year itch. There's a change. But you know what? There has to be... that. Just because my palate physically changes doesn't mean I'm no longer hungry anymore. But I've got to change with that palate and still eat and still be a part and still... It's the same thing with God. How long has it been since you had a real hunger? You know what, God? I, I, I really... I, I was a prayer warrior when I was young and I just kind of backed away because I got full of prayer. Then I started snacking on some other stuff and it took care of the, the hunger that I had for prayer. Maybe God wants to bring you back to a, being that prayer warrior again. Going to God for the needs of God's people. I know there's some people in this church that you loved teaching God's Word to people. It, you ate it up. It's what you were about. But your palate changed Instead of feeding it, you just you kind of just begin to snack. Are you hungry to teach that word again? Are you hungry to teach that? Maybe it's just a hunger to wake up one morning, like tomorrow morning, and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is Jesus. I can remember the morning after I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost waking up and I didn't do this even I grew up in a denominal church and I never did this 
But the first thing I woke up that morning is I said, I'll never forget this, Pastor. I said, Jesus. And you know this. You remember it too, don't you? The sweetness of saying Jesus, knowing He had cleansed me and washed me, made me whole. Man, I was hungry for more of Jesus. I was hungry for more of Jesus. I wanted more. Where's the sycamore tree? Where's the sycamore tree? I got to find him. I got to see him. I got to find out who he is. Where's that sycamore? Where's your sycamore tree this morning? Jesus, God, we're at this altar this morning. We're hungry. We're hungry. You know every person that's at this altar. You know what they're hungry for. You know everybody in their seat. You know what they're hungry for. God, I pray that today as they're hungry, you said in your word, if we came in hungry, you would fill us. You would satisfy us. Satisfy this morning. Satisfy this morning. Come on, church. Reach out to the Lord right now. Touch the throne of God. You don't have to listen to Pastor Don. I'm talking to God for me. You, you'd reach out to God right now. Be filled. Be filled. Oh, I was full of the Holy Ghost, but I feel like I've just resided to living a halfway life. Fill me all over again. Renew me again in the Holy Ghost. Renew me in your spirit, Lord. Renew me in my health, God. Renew me in my passion for you. Renew me today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Renew us today. Fill us. Satisfy us today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Don't, don't stop now. Listen, don't stop. You just, you got started here. You got started here. Don't pull up the table, take a bite, and push your way back. Oh, cut, cut another slice of that steak. Take, take another spoonful of those potatoes. Dine at the master's table this morning. Hallelujah. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.